Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the 1 o'clock hour on Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ discussing the disappointing start to the season for the Carolina Panthers after falling 0-4 with the loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Who better to talk about all of the Carolina Panthers' struggles than Joe Person, who joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can find him on Twitter, at Joseph Person, and you can find his work on The Athletic. Great coverage, as always. Joe, we appreciate the time. How are you? What's going on, bud? It's going okay. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to make the best of it here in Pantherland. <laughs> we're we're trying our yeah. best, trying to figure out where to point the finger. And, and Joe, look, let's go to the old classic. Let's play some rank radio, shall we? It's a classic that we'll play here quite a bit on Wesson Walker. And I just wanted to know from you, uh, based off preseason expectations compared to the results that we've been given, where does this rank among the most surprising starts to a Panther season based off what you thought was going to happen at the beginning? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, am I surprised they're zero and four? I am. I, I, I didn't think they were going to be three and one. I mean, I mean, I don't know that I even thought they'd be two and two, but I didn't think they'd go zero and four. So I guess mildly surprising. Um, the, the the second half of this schedule always felt a little easier. Not even the second half, but kind of that October schedule. It, it would. Uh, <laughs> after you get past the, the Dolphins and, and the Lions, I guess that is. But I, I don't know. It, it, any way you slice it, it's been a, a, a pretty terrible start to the Bryce Young and Frank Reich eras, which which will forever be linked. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I thought we'd see some more splash plays out of both of those guys. I thought we'd see Reich calling a few more and Bryce making a couple. And it's just been, you know, their their best offensive game was the one where, where Bryce Young was on the sideline. And look, I get it. it. Like it's a hard position, and and guys come to it. Some some rookies, you know, don't don't ever really turn it on until you know their second or third year if if they have the luxury to sit on the bench. But it's just, it's it's just, and I've seen some good things out of Bryce. Like I'm not ready to flush. It. I mean, it, it does, the, 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 the comparison to Stroud and Richardson is real and will forever be real, and those guys have gotten off to nice starts. But, you know, I, I just haven't seen a ton, and, and there hadn't been a lot of help for Bryce Young, either in the form of playmakers or protection. But uh, I think I think the coaching staff needs to help them out more as well. Well, I, I think a lot of people agree with you, Joe, and that's where I wanted to go next because there are some people, very smart people, that evaluate NFL games all weekend long, watching this Panthers offense not be very creative, throw another and another and another screen pass, particularly to the right side, <laughs> just continuing to run a lot of the very same play. 
a lot of people are clamoring for Thomas Brown to be the play caller, not in a couple weeks, but right now. Is it too soon to make that move to hand over play calling duties to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown? I mean, I don't think Frank Reich's going to do that. Um, this is his, you know, he built his own reputation on play calling. And I mean, I suppose, I don't even know if it got to the point where if, if he was forced to give up play calling this early, if Reich would do it. Um, but, you know, that that's, if it keeps going down this road, then absolutely. That, that I think you're going to hear the, the news, or excuse me, the noise and the clamoring get just louder and louder. But kind of like I said with Bryce, I, I'm not, I'm not ready to, to, to kind of flush Frank Reich as a play caller after four games. Um, you know, the, the Seahawks game looked pretty good offensively. Now, I, I know the run pass balance got, got ugly, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I think, I think some of this, here's what I feel like, honestly, I think that to, in its simplest form, it feels like the Panthers are trying to protect Bryce Young. And that means not, you know, they were never going to run him a lot, but like their unwillingness to even like have him keep, you know, on some option, some naked bootlegs, which would be terrific down in the red zone because nobody thinks they're going to let Bryce Young run. run. Um, the play calling last week that, that you referenced, like they were, they were fright. They played scared. They played scared against that Vikings um, zero blitz. And, and they're like, let's just get it out of his hands and we'll try to, and you know, in theory, it made some sense the first few times you did it, get, getting him some confidence. I mean, he did complete 18 passes in a row, but how many of those right. were at behind, behind or just past the line of scrimmage? There was a lot. And I'm with you, Joe. Like, I... It, it doesn't make sense to me, and it seems like you're trying to make sense of it a little bit as well. Frank Reich has given us nice production as an offensive mind in his Colts tenure, working with a bunch of different QBs. And you look at the offensive line, you look at the wide receivers, there are plenty of people pointing to the lack of talent in both of those rooms right now as the reason it's not working for Frank Reich, the play caller, or Bryce Young, the QB. Joe, I keep going back to the offensive line. I just think that is the most dramatic difference of what we thought coming into the season to what it's looked like in preseason and whew, especially after that Brady Christian or Christensen injury. How many problems get fixed or something close to it if the offensive line is just even average at this point? I think it would look better. I think it would definitely look better. And but but having said that, when they looked good last year, the O line, they were running that downhill power running attack. But Steve Wilkes and Ben McAdoo and Deontay Foreman and Bradley Bozeman. But this year they're running more zone scheme, like almost exclusively. And I don't know if that fits, especially I mentioned Bozeman. I don't know that that's really in his wheelhouse. Um, I, I, we'll see when Austin Corbett comes back. You know, I, I think he's, I think he has the ability to, 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 farewell as you know either in downhill attack or zone um but i never thought that that you know that we'd be sitting here in october early october talking about how important brady christensen and austin corbett are to this team because without them it has been a mess up front uh chandler savala has struggled i don't think i think 
Throckmorton has done okay, but I mean Zavala's really struggled. Ike Aquanu has taken a step back in year two, and I think that's been disheartening because you know last year at this time I think most of us were saying, well, hey, at least they've got left tackle figured out. That was a black hole for so long. But, yeah, the line, and then, I mean, we hadn't even talked about Hayden Hurst, and, you know, he's kind of missing person, and this was supposed to be the guy and the scheme that was going that would be married in a very productive part and piece of this offense, and it has not even come close to, to looking like that. Yeah, as you mentioned, going down the list, there are a lot of problems offensively specifically with this football team. That's the voice of Joe Person of The Athletic. Find him on Twitter, at Joseph Person. You can also check out his work and recent articles like the one discussing how it might be time for a rebuild, something that just dropped a couple of days ago by you, Joe. In the headline, it mentions, could trading Brian Burns be a part of it? Still an odd situation. You continue to go in the offseason without getting a deal done. Now here we are a month into the season. Still no long-term extension reach for Brian Burns and the Carolina Panthers. What are the chances the Panthers actually trade Brian Burns this time, unlike they did when they had the opportunity in the middle of a regular season? I mean, I think there's a chance. The problem is now is by holding on to him as long as you have and not getting a deal done, the return is going to be much less than what the, the Rams offered them last year, which was two first and a third, which was a huge haul. And I, I remember people in the organization telling me that, listen, it's easier to replace this right after Christian McCaffrey, by the way. So I think it was like, boy, do we really want to let our best player on each side of the ball go. And I think how the Panthers rationalized it was McCaffrey, a running back in this league, um, was he, and, and this was not something they realized, you know, what I mean, uh, before signing McCaffrey to the extension, but it would be easier to replace a running back than it would a premier pass rusher. And now you look and see what, what McCaffrey's done in San Francisco, and you wonder if, if they did, got enough out of that trade with, with the 49ers. But back to Burns. So I, I, if you were to get – if you had one team, maybe Marty Herney's team, which could stand another uh, edge rusher, if you had one team offer you a first and something else, I, I, I think I'd do it. I mean, I, I know Brian Burns likes it here. He, he, you know, he's, he's been a terrific player. You know, not necessarily to the level of a Bosa, but he's a very good player, good locker room guy. But, but you know, at what point, I mean, you get a first-round pick back, which you don't have by virtue of the, the trade with Chicago and the Bryce Young move. So it's something I would think very long and hard about. Joe, last question before we get you out of here. Lots of people writing in on the text line and asking us about David Tepper's meddling ways and how Bryce Young was a pick because David Tepper wanted Bryce Young to be the selection. And then they'll reference the time when Frank Reich was supposedly very interested in C.J. Stroud because he hadn't had a quarterback that he's worked with under 6'4". My question to you is how much does David Tepper actually deserve the meddling narrative that he received? so often i mean it's he he's very involved he he is very involved um and and you know and any owner would be involved when you've got the number one pick i thought tapper and and nicole were were extremely involved i mean it was obvious they're Mm -hmm. visible at all the pro days 
they go to dinner and and that's fine but you don't want to get so involved that the the football people feel like they maybe can't pick their guy and i'm with you i mean my read early on in the in the pre-draft process beginning with when they met with Derek Carr at the combine was that Frank Reich given his druthers would prefer a big quarterback um, whether that Derek Carr who's not huge but bigger than Bryce Young or if they were going to go the draft route Richardson or Stroud and um, I mean they they all but said that like that, that Frank Reich told the story I think it was on draft night that he goes into the first meeting. Maybe Bitter told the story right after he got hired. So late January, early February, they're having a, a draft meeting. Bitter says, "We're going to go around the room and see what 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 everyone would like at quarterback." This is scouts, assistant GM, so forth. And according to Fitter, it was unanimous for Bryce and and Frank Reich wasn't there yet. Like he wasn't at that point. And he said and. Bitter said, take your time, you know, no rush. And then eventually they got on the same page. So I think that tells you where Frank Reich was at the beginning of the process. And, uh, but you know, listen, it's again, it's a, it's been a horrible month, but it's only been a month. So I, I know it's hard in this league to take a breath. And I mean, this, this season is going to, is going to be a wash at this point, regardless, but maybe if you get through this season, Later on in the year, thinking, okay, Bryce actually is looking pretty good. It looks like he's going to be our guy. Then you consider it a win, but but they're not there yet. Yeah, that just comes down to your uh, view on life. Is it a good thing that there's a lot of season left or a bad thing? I don't know. I, I hope it's a good thing. I hope it's a good thing, but only the Carolina Panthers can answer that. That is the legendary Joe Person joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Go follow him on Twitter. I imagine you probably are already, at Joseph Person of The Athletic. Joe, we appreciate the time, uh, as always, my man. Thanks again. Walker, have a great week, man. Hey, man, you too. Appreciate it. That was good stuff. Uh, I don't know if you would expect anything else, but that was great stuff. We'll put that interview on our website, WFNZ.com.